What rookie just got compared to Christian McCaffrey by CMC's old coach? Who should be the third tight end off the board in FFPC leagues? And which Buccaneers running back should you back running to your fantasy titles this year? Plus, the former three-time FFPC dynasty champ and Genesis 26er Stu Keen hangs out with us tonight as we analyze his draft, talk about his favorite rookie sleepers, and of course, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool Aid go good with Patron. No, hell no. It's still my ringtone. Free car watch. Had to clean up the dodge. Give back when I can. Just play my part. Church folks had a fist rap. Mustard. Hot sauce. Light bread. Fist rap. Love for the big guy. Hit the park. Showing off their house, nappy roots on the radio, and you know it about last night to hit the big three. Boss the Mad Force One, both all teams, man, I'm loving BG. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you kindly, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome once again to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, my co-host, is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to take a closer look at the turnstile backfield that is the Seattle Seahawks. We'll tell you whether a certain AFC North rookie makes for a nice redraft sleeper. And Genesis 26er Stu Keen will be here momentarily to talk not only about his defending championship in the 250 26er 3.0 league, but his Genesis draft, Darren Waller, Julian Edelman, Patriots rookie tight end, and a lot more. Shout out to the chat room right now. It's already hopping in there. If you guys have any questions, post them right inside there. Twitter is at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Stu is on Twitter at Stuart Keen. That's S-T-E-W-A-R-T-K-U-E-H-N-E. Facebook.com slash HSFFO or 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. And football at gmail.com is the email address. That our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, will be ransacking as we get to those questions in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the program. All right, so a couple of things that we want to point out before we get going. Obviously, Dynasty Startups available uh, launching this weekend, uh, so if you want to get in on that, now is the time. Best Ball Slim Leagues, Best Ball Classic Leagues. Uh, all best balls active right now at myffpc.com. And then the Football Guys Players Championship, a $500,000 grand prize, $3.1 million prize pool. The early bird promotion is live, so make sure you're hopping in on that, getting your team and drafting it as soon as possible to pick up that free FFPC $35 team credit. And, of course, the FFPC main event early bird is going on right now. Go ahead and sign up for that. Save $100 on your first team, and you can save uh, up to $400 on each additional team. That is myffpc.com. Been a couple of crazy weeks here. We've had a Wednesday night show, and then we had a a program uh, two hours last week where we covered Genesis 
Revelations and um, Apocalypse, of course. Uh, a lot of fun. You had a lot of callers. Talked to a lot of FFPC drafters. A lot of people drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship as well as the FFPC main event. Let's get into the fantasy flash here. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Kicking things off with a tweet from Jameson Hensley. Uh, Jameson Hensley, as you know, covers the Ravens for ESPN.com. Uh, he says the Ravens general manager, Eric DaCosta, thinks that second-round running back J.K. Dobbins is a, quote, three-down back. Uh, DaCosta went on. He's been extremely durable. He's an outstanding fit for what we like to do. He says uh, uh, that the Ravens need quality depth. He says it's the second time, or it's actually the second time that DaCosta has talked up J.K. Dobbins, and the front office thinks he is going to be an immediate contributor. Now, Mark Ingram is about to turn 30, but he's still going to be a big part of this uh, backfield. But they're high on Dobbins, allegedly the number one player on their board. This is interesting, Dave, uh, as, as um, Greg Roman uh, is the offensive coordinator there. We know how much he loves to run the football. J.K. Dobbins right now, are you buying it? Let's, let's talk about him from a dynasty standpoint right away. Uh, Matt Waldman, I was actually listening to him this week. He said J.K. Dobbins should be the 101. Uh, yeah, you can make the case for it. I mean, Ingram is on his way out. I, mean, I, don't, I would not expect much this year out of Dobbins, but I definitely would next year. You do have to worry about Lamar Jackson. Uh, Skype, you know, taking a lot of those rushing touchdowns away from him, but uh, he's really talented back. I think he, you can make the argument for it. I, I would probably still have him third. Okay. Um, let's s- switch it over to uh, redraft right now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Dave, is going off the board as running back 27 at the 510. Uh, and by the way, we're getting this uh, ADP from fantasymojo.com. Uh, if you guys have not signed up there, uh, it's great. He's the guy who's in charge of the pros versus Joe's every year. He puts that together. does a great job with the FFPC ADP. Uh, J.K. Dobbins running back 27 at the 510. Dave, Mark Ingram's going after him at the running back 29 at the 601. So given that they are going right around the same time, I suppose, well, let's, let's, let's ask you this question right away. If you could only draft one Ravens running back this year, and, and since they're going right around the same time, who would you rather have between the rookie Dobbins out of Ohio State or uh, the veteran and the former Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama, soon-to-be 30-year-old Mark Ingram? For redraft leagues, which one would you rather have this year between those two? I would personally go with Ingram kind of hands down. He knows the offense. He had a great year last year. They're going to have at least some interruption to training camp with the possibility of it being a major interruption to training camp. I don't see where Dobbins comes in, comes in and, and takes the job. And, and, and Ingram is not one of those players who just is kind of like, okay, he's a good, he's a damn good football player. He's been in the league for a long time. He's, you know, he's a badass. He's a really good professional player. He's not going to just give up the job. No way. Leader in the clubhouse, obviously, uh, is Ingram, and he's going to have to have that job taken away from him by Dobbins. Um, you pointed it out, Dave. We don't know how long these off-season um, training camps and, and programs are going to be available uh, for the rookies this year. So Dobbins might be slow coming in. I'm going to make this prediction right now. I think, and you and I have dealt with this too, there's a lot of rookie-itis going on in drafts right now. And I would imagine as more and more um, quote-unquote veteran high-stakes players are taking Ingram earlier, I'm, I'm imagining that his ADP is actually going to go up and Dobbins is going to go down to the point where they're going to flip-flop. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a huge difference between the two, but I think I like Ingram better uh, right now and going forward. Okay, let me pitch this to you. If you were drafting, let's say you went zero RB, and um, you were drafting at the end of the fifth round, say you got a tight end, three receivers on your team. 
would you be willing to take both Dobbins and Ingram and, and just, you know, lock up that Ravens backfield given how much they're going to run the football this year, or is that a losing proposition for you? Seems like a loser to me. Make your decision, go with it, and, uh, you know, don't, don't fart around in the fifth round. <laughs> don't fart around in the fifth round. Uh, wise words. That wiser words have never been spoken. Let's move on and talk about uh, the Washington football Redskins. Their new head coach, Ron Rivera, says running back Antonio Gibson has a skill set, quote, like Christian McCaffrey. This according to a report on ESPN.com. I'm going to read the full quote here from Rivera. He's a little bit bigger than Christian, but he's got a skill set like Christian. This is a very versatile young football player that we really think is going to be a guy that can get on the field for us early and contribute. Uh, Antonio Gibson was drafted as the number 66 overall pick. He lined up all over at Memphis. No reason to think he won't line up all over in Washington, out wide in the slot in the backfield. He averaged 15.6 yards per touch last year, which is incredible. And uh, Antonio Gibson led all FBS skill players in yards after contact per attempt uh, with Memphis last year at 8.0. Dave, everybody's blowing up talking about Antonio Gibson, how great he's going to be. For redraft purposes, I can tell you that he is going uh, at the end of the second round in FFPC rookie drafts as uh, the 14th running back off the board. What are your thoughts on Antonio Gibson from a dynasty standpoint? A player you want to get on board with in the second round? Um, perhaps. Uh, if I have a running back need, sure. You know, the Christian McCaffrey talk is really nice, but, I mean, you're talking about – this. he's like a one-of-a-kind player, McCaffrey is. Uh, we, we were talking about this the other day. McCaffrey is the number 20th player uh, – the, the, he has the 20th most receiving yards of all time of any player before the age of 23. That includes all wide receivers. That's right. insane. Yeah. So to say – to compare him to McCaffrey is kind of ludicrous, you know. But even, even getting mentioned in the same breath, it's just pretty impressive – there's a lot of people there. You have Adrian Peterson, you have Geis, and whatever other garbage you have kind of laying around. <laughs> Bryce Love. Yeah. Another one. Like Adrian Peterson. Oh, yeah, said Peterson. Players. Yeah. Um, they're different, you know, different skill sets. He's a, he's a receiving player. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, how do you, you – Geis has to continue to get injured, which is likely. Peterson is going to retire soon. And then does he become a three-down, you know, PPR type back like McCaffrey? I highly doubt it. But, I mean, in the end of the second round, you're, you know – the problem is that you're giving up on players like uh, Devin DuVernay, Chase Claypool, uh, and those are players I'm really interested in, in taking in, in those spots. So that there's a, there are so many receivers that were taken in the top, like, 90 picks that uh, you're at the end of the second round, there's still tons of players that, go, that are really high quality to go for. Gibson's one of them, though. I mean, he's in the mix. Um, he's going at the 10:02 in football guys drafts right now as the 44th running back off the board. I am all in on that. I, I will be a, if, if if I was participating in a football guys draft and he's around in the 10th round to scoop him up as my fourth running back, say uh, something like that. I, I'm all in on the upside. As far as dynasty goes, uh, I I would imagine I would get him in one of my leagues, maybe two. Uh, I'm a little surprised, given all the hype that's building around him, that he still is going at, at the end of the second round. There are still some good players there. Dave, I, I think I've talked to you about this. I normally try to trade away my third and fourth round for rookie picks because either they're meaningless to me or I just suck at drafting in the third and fourth round. Not this year. I think there's some really good players that you can get through the third round, and especially in FFPC rookie drafts, fourth, maybe even in the early fifth with some of the free agents that are out there too. Yeah, in FFPC drafts, you've got, I mean, granted, most of them are done now, but um, you've got Hayden Hurst has been dropped in a lot of leagues. You have Gronk who's out there in a lot of leagues. Um, when you have to get down to 16 players, there's a lot of high-quality talent that's out there that needs to get drafted by teams that are trying to make the playoffs. 
Uh, let's move on. Let's keep uh, talking about running back, uh, running backs here, Dave. Brady Henderson on Twitter uh, talked about Marshawn Lynch saying that him and his agent, Doug Hendrickson, have been in talks with the Seahawks, uh, seeing what happens. This is Marshawn Lynch told Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter this past Monday night. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, unretired for the second time this past year, and uh, got 30 carries for 67 yards and four touchdowns after being out of the game for 14 months. Uh, this is over Seattle's last three games in 2019. He's 34 years old, but th- the thing is, Dave, they got Travis Homer there, who's in his second year, didn't do a whole lot last year. They did not draft the running back this year until the fourth round. They get DJ Dallas. And then you get Chris Carson, who's coming off the season-ending hip injury, and then Rashad Penny coming off um, the season-ending ACL injury, and it sounds like he's not any- going to be anywhere close to ready um, it- when the season starts in September. I'm just questioning if there's anybody to target in this Seattle backfield right now for redraft purposes. Redraft purposes. Mar- what, what, what's the word on Lynch that he's coming back to Seattle? He, his agent is in talks with the Seahawks to see if he will come back to Seattle. So we'll see basically right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't see DJ Dallas actually becoming the guy. Um, it could be Lynch. Lynch was, did you see Lynch was in Westworld? Yeah. He played giggles. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Nice job. It's so funny. My brother watches that show um, like religiously. And after the third episode, he's like, hey, I think Marshawn Lynch is in Westworld. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, he was in the first two, man. Um, I like that shirt that he wore, too, where it was all the human emotions and whatever one he was feeling, that's what would light up. That was pretty cool. Anyway. As far as we haven't talked about it. Um, Yeah, no. Uh, So Seahawks running back. I I mean, Chris Carson is probably going to be healthy enough uh, to start week one. But do you really want to bank in? Uh, to that coming off a, a guy. And by the way, he's always hurt. Chris Carson always seems to be hurt and you got to pay an early fourth round pick to get him right now. Yeah. And Lynch is honestly 1.67 yards per carry. That's no good. I guess I, I would take a stab. If I was in a draft Seahawks running backs, I'd take a stab at Carson and really try and get DJ Dallas. I guess that's where I would go because I would try and handcuff. Dallas has got to be super cheap in redraft, right? 13th, 15th? 13th round, mid-13th, yeah, as uh, the 58th running back off the board. So, yeah, I, that's where I would go. I'd probably ignore Penny because he's been proven to suck. I would, At least too. we were down on Penny in his rookie draft. So we, you know, we were wrong on some guys, but we were right on him. Uh, I didn't take him anywhere. I don't know if I don't think you did. No. So that was at least good. We got off Penny. Everyone who drafted Penny, unfortunately, didn't do all that well. He's a top-five rookie pick, by the way. So, well, he, he was sort of the Clyde – well, not I don't want to compare their skill sets, but he was the Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, the, the first-round running back that nobody really thought was going to be a first-round yeah, running back. it was a surprise. He was right. in a good situation. They needed a running back, and here you go. Um, so uh, as far as um, Dallas goes, would you be drafting him just as like a throwaway type running back five in like a football guy's draft just to see what would happen. Sure. He's worth a shot. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. We got Stu Keen coming up here in just one minute, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about uh, his uh, dynasty championship that he's trying to defend this year, as well as the Genesis draft from last week. Right before we get to Stu, I want to bring up one more thing. This is a report on ESPN.com. Sean McVay says, quote, we feel we've got three really good backs when he was talking about the Rams backfield. Now, if you remember the Rams already had Malcolm Brown, I've said it, ad nauseum at this point they've they they matched that big offer sheet that detroit uh, signed him to they gave up all that draft capital to acquire daryl henderson and now they take cam Akers in the second round uh this past uh, draft a couple of weeks ago now no todd Gurley, he's in atlanta and last year malcolm brown played ahead 
of Daryl Henderson. He played 67% of the Rams' offensive snaps last year. Gurley uh, was playing at 70% uh, of the offensive snaps in the games he was healthy in. So it, it certainly seems that there is going to be a role opening up for Akers, for Henderson this year to go with Malcolm Brown. But Dave, I, I got to, you know, even though Henderson and Akers maybe get the, the fantasy juices going a little bit more, it just could be boring old Malcolm Brown who really takes the reins in that backfield. Now, I'll tell you their ADPs here uh, as far as where they're going in football guys drafts. Malcolm Brown is not going until the 17th, mid-17th, which is pretty crazy to me. Uh, I'm all over him at that point. Cam Akers going at the 502, and then uh, Daryl Henderson. This is redraft, yeah. Um, and then Daryl Henderson, 908. So fifth-round Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, ninth, Malcolm Brown, not till the 17th. I mean, I, I can't sink a fifth-round pick into Cam Akers. I don't think I'd be buying up a whole lot of Daryl Henderson. But Malcolm Brown on the 17th round for a dude who might be the starting running back there, not a ton of upside, but if he's commanding 60% of the snaps it, offensively, you've got to take him there. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good pick for I mean, taking Akers in the fifth. Are there, were, there's no rookie drafts diluting some of that ADP data? This is strictly football, guys. Wow, that's a, that's a, I, I personally think that some people are looking at like the ADP in the draft rooms that probably includes the rookie drafts, and then they're overdrafting rookies they could by, be. by that nature. They could be, which is incredible. Which, by the way, do we want to – well, no, forget it. Let's, let's get to our guest. We, we've, uh, no kidding. we've kept him in the green room long enough. He's, he's had the coffee. He's enjoyed the charcuterie board, uh, and now we're going to bring him on tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He uh, joined his first redraft league back in 2007 where he drafted Adrian Peterson in the third round and won the league. He started with the FFPC six years ago and was doing dynasty leagues uh, starting in 2017. That's the year that he got hooked up with the 26ers. He's uh, an FFPC Terminator League champ. He finished 14th in the championship round in 2016 and is the defending champion of the 250 number 26 3.0 league. He's here to talk about what he was able to do from the one slot in last week's Jenison's draft, which you heard live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Please welcome into the show Stu Keen. Stu, how's it going, dude? It's going great. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, evening to you. Uh, fresh off your Genesis draft, we'll, we'll get into that in, in a little bit. We, we do want to pick your brain, uh, given what you did there, because I'll let the cat out of the bag. You did have one of my favorite teams in that draft. Before we get into it, Stu, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living? Sure. I'm the uh, chief financial officer for a couple of companies that do helicopter and airplane flight scene tours over the Grand Canyon from the south rim of the canyon and Las Vegas. Oh my goodness! Sweet. This is the first time for everything, Dave. This is that is really cool. This is the the first time we've ever had anybody in that sort of uh, sort of role. I, how so? So do you get to to cash in on free helicopter rides whenever you want over I'm the sure, Grand Canyon? Sure you're sick of them. Do you, hey, you own Domino's Pizza franchises. Do you like pizza? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I I do like pizza. <laughs> All right, back to his question. Yeah, no, that that's cool. That's awesome, Stu. No, he, no, go ahead. He can answer. Yeah, it. How, how often are you taking the rides? Are you just is are you jaded at this point? I am. I've been with the uh, companies for over 23 years, and so early on, I took a lot of flights. I mean, the canyon is so beautiful, and uh, my favorite time of year to fly there is actually January. Not many people, and the snow on the North Rim is just the colors are just amazing. I bet that would be super fun. Dave, have you been to the Grand Canyon before? Uh, yes, but I was 
not in a helicopter. Unfortunately, yeah, on four wheels with my mom and dad. Right. And actually, I went with my kids and wife, too. So it was really fun with everybody. Yeah, that's but, cool. Uh, that's awesome. Never through the air, though. Yeah. Well, something to put on your old bucket list, Dave. Yeah, plus, I was always a big Magnum TI fan, the old one, so I always loved it when TC would take that awesome chopper no, all over the place. That was a cool chopper. Even, yeah. even like nowadays, it would Those be a cool are, yeah. chopper. Do they don't, I mean, I know that, I, I, I do know enough about helicopters. There's like, there's those types which are really nimble, and then there's the more scenic type. Uh, what type of choppers do you guys fly? Do you have two different? Do you use both different types? Well, we have the Bell Long Rangers flying at the Grand Canyon, and then in Vegas we're flying the Airbus EC-130s or the, the T-2s. They're really nice, uh, smooth, flying, and fast helicopters. Nice. That's all. Oh, that's really cool. Very cool. Very, right. I'm very sure awesome. I'm more questions about this, but uh, and probably better than the interview you're about to have. <laughs> so anyway, uh, one of the things we talked about last week was uh, you saw see Mark Andrews at the 212 on Friday. Um, I think I might have indicated that I was taking Earths over him. If I think I you did indicate that. Yeah. I'll even admit it right in front of you. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know I can you can see the argument the other direction. So why do you like Andrews better than Earths? Just curiously. Well, the I like Andrews better than Earths because. Dallas Gardner is still in Philly, and Hayden Hurst is on to Atlanta. You know, Andrews is Lamar Jackson's kind of go-to guy, uh, one of them in that wide receiver core. I expect, you know, Jackson to have a regression in 2020 and not quite repeat those awesome numbers he had in 2019. Uh, Andrews was tight end number five in FFPC scoring last year at 241.2 points, and Hayden Hurst was tied in 34 at 91.9. Um, I do love Fantasy Mojo. The stats they got are great. I don't expect that production all to go to Andrews, but there isn't much depth after him. I mean, you got Boyle and Breland. And Zach Ertz was tied in number four in FFPC scoring last year with 261.6, and Goddard was tied in 10 with 177.7. I dislike Andrews slightly better than Ertz, and so that's why I snagged him at the 212. So, Stuart, you had, a, you had Andrews at a few leagues last year. I assume you watched him play a number of times? Yes. I, uh, and, okay. in fact, one of the 26ers, uh, Jake, he was, tra- he was trying to get Andrews from me uh, for, I think it was the um, 105 for the, for the uh, rookie draft picks, and I declined the offer. Right, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I remember last year though. Uh, it seemed like around midway through the season, you know, because you know, you could tell Hurst because he's a red-haired guy with the long hair. You know, he looked like he should be on Game of Thrones, like we talked about in the past. Yeah, maybe he was. Maybe he was. But then you know, he'd be like, oh yeah, nice, a target to Andrews. But it was to Boyle once in a while. Wouldn't that wouldn't that bother you? It would irritate me like to no end. Be like, why are they throwing it to that piece of crap third tight end? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going, what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, you know, the other thing to keep in mind too, as we talk about Mark Andrews is, um, you know, maybe it's lip service and, and it, it very well could be, we've seen this happen before, but Lamar Jackson said he, he doesn't expect to be running as much as he was last year. I don't know if, if the co- if the coaches are on board with that. Um, but if that happens, then he would be passing more and you would think he'd be passing to his favorite target too. So there's always that to keep in mind when you, when we talk about this Andrews versus Ertz thing, I'm sure it's not the last time we'll talk about it uh, this summer. Stu, you also, speaking of tight ends, nabbed Darren Waller as your second tight end at the 501 in Genesis last Friday. Why, why was it important for you to double up at that position so early? And, and did the fact that, you know, so many of these guys in this Genesis draft 
our 26ers. You guys are in multiple leagues together. You kind of know who likes who and who's on to who. Did that play into it at all, that you wanted to make sure you got that second tight end because you knew that they were about to go quick? Well, the, the, you know, the tight end of running back depth is, is pretty shallow, and I really like Waller. I mean, he was tight end two last year in FFPC scoring. Uh, I don't expect Witten to have much of an impact on his performance, but I'll be honest, I was really surprised Waller was there at the 5.1. I thought for sure he wouldn't make it back to me, and so when I saw him there, I just snagged him. I had no intention of going three running backs and two tight ends for my first five rounds. Uh, I've never had a draft start like that in any of my FFPCs, and so it just sort of fell that way. But after I made that Waller pick, I'm just going to myself, oh, man, Dave and Bulky are going to give you so much crap next week. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny about that is I think, like, you know, it's not like we've ever championed, hey, you got to get two tight ends earlier or anything like that. I don't think we've necessarily penalized anybody for doing it. I think the thing that, that Dave and I have always brought up over the years that, that we don't personally like in, in FFPC drafts or something that we wouldn't personally do is get an elite tight end and an elite quarterback. That, that's a little bit more difficult to, to, to pull off. Now, people more talented than us have done it. Uh, I just It doesn't strike me as having a high win rate. Um, Darren Waller, by the way, um, mid-fourth round is where he's normally going in, in our leagues, Dave. Well, sometimes people will draft three tight ends in a row, and then they're just being trying to get cute. And right. I think, and we, that clearly wasn't what you were trying to do, and we didn't, I don't think we made that statement or said anything like that. No, I, I don't think we did. I mean, I, I think the, the worst thing we said about it is I think we both preferred Ertz over Andrews, but I don't think we, as far as construction, we, we, did, we didn't have an issue with it. Um, all right, so the, the next question that Dave has for you, uh, Dave, go ahead and ask it, and then we have a follow-up question to that in the chat room. Yeah, so speaking of uh, construction, you were able to get Julian Edelman since you you kind of punted receiver a little bit. You got Edelman at the 812. Um, his ADP is 808, so it's not a, technically a huge value compared to his ADP, but it seems like, to me, I agree with your picks contention that it, it, you know that he's just being drafted way too late. Uh, what do you think? Do you think FFPC drafters are under, underrating them this season without Brady? Absolutely. I mean, right now, I mean, he was wide receiver seven last year in FFPC scoring. You know, I I, I expect him to be, is it Jarrett Stidham? Is that how you pronounce his name? Correct. Is, uh, he's going to be his go-to guy. I mean, New England is such a conundrum right now. What is that offense going to look like um, with all the changes that they've had? And so, I I will take Edelman all day long at you know wide receiver 35 or so. He's just I think he's going to be in that 20 to 25 range. Uh, he's not going to be doing wide receiver seven, but I where he's available, I'm taking all day long. Yeah, Julian Edelman, uh, pretty crazy that uh, Stu that you waited until the sixth round to take your first receiver, and Julian Edelman still ended up being your number three receiver on this roster. So nice work there. He's being drafted as uh, the 36th wide receiver off the board, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and and that was the question in the chat: is 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 Edelman? Uh, where is he going to finish among the receivers this year? Uh, and and um, 20 to 25 seems to be the prevailing opinion. What are the chances that he can carve out a wide receiver 15 finish this year, Stu, when you think about the lack of, of um, supporting cast around him in New England and the fact that Stidham might just concentrate on uh, targeting Edelman a lot since he can rely on him? I, I, that's a possibility. 
I mean, it it just he's he's a he's the go-to guy there. I I I just it's it's hard for me to when it comes to being the eighth round of fantasy drafts this year, it will be very difficult for me to not take Edelman if he's staring me in the face at at that point. I, I think that's just crazy. Now his ADP will probably rise, especially if we get some preseason and Stidham looks all right. Uh, then you can see Edelman shooting up a, a round, maybe even two rounds. We'll see. But I, I think that, that his ADP will change over the next month or so. We're talking with Stu Keen, the defending champ of the FFPC 250, number, 20, uh, yeah, number 26 3.0 league, and as well as uh, drafting from the one spot of Genesis, uh, which you heard on these airwaves last week. Let's talk about Marvin Jones, because you took him about a round and a half of his ADP at the 901. What, what do you like about Marvin Jones in 2020, Stu? Well, I like Marvin Jones. I've I've owned him in the in the past, and he's fairly reliable. Uh, that Detroit offense. I mean, they only added one wide receiver in in the draft, and uh, who I do like, by the way. It's it's one of those where I was having a debate between Marvin Jones and Michael Gallup, and with the 60-second clock and the 26ers on my tail and me needing wide receivers <laughs> badly after the first five rounds without getting one. I am debating it and the clock is running down. I'm going, damn it with Gallup having CD lamb added to the Dallas team. And that, that debate you, I'm hearing people, Oh, he won't be affected. Other people are saying he's going to be dramatically downgraded because of CD lamb. And I'm just going on, oh, damn it. And so time's running out <laughs> on me. I'm not proud of the pick, but I went with the guy who I'm, I'm comfortable with, with Marvin Jones. Yeah, you got to get your guys. Michael Gallup actually went one pick later to Mike and Todd Aaron right after that, so they went bang, bang uh, after uh, after you took Jones. That's interesting. Sometimes that's a little irritating, though, where you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I should take Marvin Jones or Gallup. And you take Jones, and like, right away, Gallup. It's like, you want to Gallup, too. Well, I mean, you, you know what's funny? He was probably happy. <laughs> I'm sure he's thrilled. That was awesome. He's like, oh, please don't take Gallup. Please don't take Gallup, and then take Gallup. Um, hey, uh, Dave, I, I should bring this up. You know, the last two years, I've asked my son when I was on the clock late in the first round of my dynasty drafts who to take. I give him two players. Two years ago, I said Gallup or Pettis. He told me Gallup, nice. so he's right on that one. Last year was Devin Singletary or Ortega Whiteside. He told me Singletary. Oh, shoot. So he is die- – I'm oh, nice. I, I'm going to start uh, charging people on Twitter for, for his pick. Yeah, ask they, him about Gibson. They better, oh, that's a, that's a great point. I'm going to do that tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow for sure. Uh, let's uh, shift to uh, – Is that Dynasty. Carrington starting tomorrow? Yeah, Carrington starts tomorrow morning. Oh, so right, my first pick's in the third round. I'm sure I'll post it on Twitter, whatever he says. Who cares? I don't pick till the third round. <laughs> All right, Stuart, back to our interview. So switching to Dynasty for a bit, since we just were, uh, was there a player that you drafted more frequently, like uh, in your FFPC rookie drafts this past week? We'll call him the, uh, let's see, there's the median, the mean, and what's the other one, Balky? Yeah, median, mean, and um, it's, does it start with an M? Is it another M? I don't know. Medium, mean. <laughs> Not medium. Median. Okay. Mean. And uh, mode, mode. Hey, it's That's, the mode. Yep, there you go. Hey, who, who's the mode in your dynasty rookie draft? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm in 12 dynasty leagues, and I really normally don't value the uh, the first round draft picks as highly as others. And so I only really had of the 12 leagues, I only had four first round picks, and two of them were the, at the three spot, and one was at the five. And I got DeAndre Swift 
um, in all three of those, and I was pleased to pick him up at the 105. Uh, so that that was one I, on my first round I, I was pleased with. But most of my picks don't start till the second or third round. But a player that I've really enjoyed picking up at all over the place is uh, Quintess Cephas with Detroit. Um, he was the 23rd receiver taken in the draft and the only one that Detroit drafted. Uh, he He played well for Wisconsin, especially after he got his legal issue resolved. And I've picked him up anywhere from the five one to the seven seven, and uh, I'd like to be kind of a value drafter and pick up those guys that uh, you know are, are being a little undervalued, like Edelman and in the redraft. And Cephas, there is some of the drafts. If I didn't need a wide receiver, um, I didn't pick him up, and he went undrafted in a couple of the uh, rookie redrafts. But I like him just for his upside. And uh, some of the pundits are saying that he's going to be the replacement for Marvin Jones when he leaves. So it uh, he's he's kind of the guy I'm looking for. But it's kind of funny when I I looked at my recap of of who I've drafted. It looks like I'm a Detroit Lions fan with my Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift, and Quintez Cephas picks. Uh, it's just sort of how the rookie drafts have been working out for me uh, so far this year. Yeah, I you know I I got a chance to watch a lot of Cephas, uh, you know, living in Wisconsin, and I'll tell you what, there's there's not really anything that he can't do. I wouldn't say he's elite at anything, but he he's a pretty good route runner. He's got pretty good hands. He is he's really strong. I guess I can say that. Uh, he's a great blocker. The you know the thing people knock him for is is the speed, but I I think that if you um, are utilized right in your offense, I, I think that um, that you can be you can overcome speed uh, fairly easily, especially when you have a guy like Kenny Galladay uh, on the opposite side of the field. So I actually like Cephas as, as a late pick, too. In fact, I was actually surprised when he decided to come out early. I thought for sure that he'd be coming back to Wisconsin given the depth of this receiving class in, in the NFL. And he could have, might have been like a, a third-round pick next year. Who knows? I mean, I guess we'll never know, but he's got the chops to do it. Uh, the Patriots, do in this uh, draft, they drafted two tight ends, gave up some pretty good draft capital to make sure they got both Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi. Which one would you prefer on your dynasty rosters if you decide you were going to roster one but didn't have room for both? Not because of his last name, but Dalton Keene is the guy that uh, I've been sort of focusing on because you can pick him up so late in the drafts. I mean, he's basically coming in some of the redraft rookie excuse me, the rookie drafts, in the sixth and seventh round he's falling there. And in the in the redrafts, if he's being redrafted at all, it's in that 18 to 20, 20th round. Uh, he's a young guy. He's only just turned 21 in April. And uh, New England picked him 10 picks after uh, Asiasi. And so they, they traded up to snag Keene. And it's going to be interesting how Belichick uses uh, both or either one of these two guys. And so the fact that I really don't understand Belichick's mind, I would rather spend late draft capital on a player who has a p- potential to really deliver on the uh, dynasty level. May not so much this year, but he's young, and uh, you never know with Belichick. 
Um, question in the chat room, uh, Stu. I don't know if you caught us talking about uh, Antonio Gibson earlier, but what, what's your opinion? And, and talk a little bit about him uh, as far as uh, how you would deal, uh, how would you deal with him in in dynasty, and then uh, also what you think of him as a tenth round redraft pick this year. Well, I like Gibson. In fact, I picked him up in a couple of my. I think I picked him up. May have only gotten him in one of my uh, rookie redrafts. Uh, haven't really focused on. Uh, on him much uh, other than if he falls to me I'm kind of that value drafter sort of uh, kind of guy and let me see what do we have him here trying to find him yeah uh, I haven't spent a lot of research on him he and and he's the type of guy too that I, I think like in the pre-draft process on this show Dave we didn't talk about Gibson a whole lot and now, it, 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 like Stu says, all the pundits are going crazy for, for Gibson over the last week, week and a half or so as, as a you know, big-time pass-catching running back. But I think the consensus is we all like him. We're just maybe a little bit down on him in comparison with a lot of people who just love him uh, so far this year for Dynasty and Redraft. Do you have a question for Stu on uh, the Titans backfield as long as we're talking running backs? Sure. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, they have hardly anyone behind him, so they drafted – Darrington Evans ball? He is at the pronunciation. Darrington, yeah. Darrington. Yeah. Darrington. Yeah. Oh, what a lovely spelling. It's a, it's a great spelling. Is, it, uh, is he a must-get in both Dynasty and Redraft? You know, especially if you've got, you know, the number one guy, Derrick Henry. You definitely have to have Darrington Evans or you're kind of really missing out. I mean, Henry's so durable. The likelihood of him delivering much in the this year is, is probably fairly low, but the way the NFL is treating running backs and that they don't want to pay them except for a few guys, having that backup in Darrington's, you know, might be the guy in Tennessee who knows next year. And so it's one of those where cover your bases. I mean, if Henry gets hurt, then you, you certainly got your, your ticket punched. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. If I could just interject on your comment um, about running back shelf life, I went on Dynasty League Football today, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I'm a subscriber or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's a fine site. I use their trade analyzer. It uh, does some stuff good, some stuff bad. But their t- title article, I didn't read it, but is, is the sell-high window closing on Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> so their, their article is about a player that scored what are you, 450 fantasy points. It's insane, yeah. Yeah, it's time to sell him. Because apparently you're going to get eight other guys that you're going to start in place of McCaffrey well, that now how, equal his production. Now, how old is he? Like 28, 29? No, he's like 23, 24, whatever. <laughs> so he's so high. I mean, how high can you – anyway, I'm sorry. It's just such well, a didn't we talk about this last year? Like, McCaffrey was basically untradeable. Like, what, what, what return could you get for McCaffrey that would make yeah, sense? Yeah, like you'd need Lamar Jackson and Elliott or something like that. And even then. I, yeah, even that, if whatever. I mean, I, I should maybe read the article before ripping on it because apparently the window is closing. Well, hold on. Maybe, but maybe that, not going to pay him. But anyway, go Maybe ahead. the headline is just to get you to click on it. Yeah. And then it, it, it says, what a ludicrous opinion yeah, like, this was. No, dumbass. I, you never sell it. I was talking about this on. on Stuart, we'll extend your interview because now we're just talking. We are. We are. But I was talking about, um, see, this was clever. Um, the NFL schedule obviously came out last night. And uh, I think it was SB Nation had this article ranking the Thursday night games for 2020. So I clicked on it because I'm an idiot. And number one was the Texans-Chiefs opening night game because 
Why? Because we get back to football. This will be the first game back. And then everyone else was tied for 13th because it was all about how Thursday night football was terrible. They did a write-up on each game, but it was still very clever. All right, Stu Keen joining us uh, on the show tonight. He drafted Christian McCaffrey at the 101 in Genesis last week. He's also the defending champ of the FFPC 250 number 26 3.0. Stu, a couple of emails if we can get to him here tonight. This first one's from Ron in Jacksonville. We kind of touched on this a little bit. Any sleeper rookies I should target late in my FFPC rookie drafts? Thank you for the email. Ron in Jacksonville. Um, we talked about um, Cephas. We talked a little bit about the Patriots tight ends. I, I don't think Gibson necessarily qualifies since he's a second round. Um, what, what about some other late round uh, rookies in your rookie draft, Stu, that, that uh, you would uh, hit on and are excited about? Well, let's see here. The ones that I've kind of, you know, I like Justin Herbert. I've watched him play a lot for Oregon. Uh, you know, he may not give you much performance, but in Dynasty, uh, I might willing to take a risk, risk with him with the Chargers. Uh, he's one that I'm kind of, if if I have some need some quarterback depth, uh, he's one that I'm willing to take a risk on. Dave, you like that? You like that call, Herbert? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, I you don't take a whole lot of quarterbacks in your rookie drafts, probably. I don't like, like his name. I don't like Herbert. <laughs> I'm not going to draft. But Herbert. I'll tell you what, Dave. He he does have no, the he, part. He looks the part. He looks the part. Uh, I'm I'm honestly a little bit less interested. If I'm if I'm not taking Tua or uh, Burrow, I'm probably not going to draft quarterback. Okay. Um, I, I should bring this up, too. Sigmund Bloom said this, and we were talking about the Patriots' tight ends with Stu. Uh, he said, how can you like, and you, Dave, you'll appreciate this, how can you like Devin Asiasi when his last name literally translates to so-so? You know, <laughs> how, how, how can you get on board with, with that? And, you know, Asiasi regular. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this. I am totally not going to take him in any leagues, any rookie leagues, just because of that point. With Chevy Nova, you yeah, know. Exactly. Uh, Jim in Watertown, South Dakota. Hey, Big Stu, are you on Team Mixon or Anti-Mixon this year? Nice work in Genesis. That is Jim in Watertown, South Dakota. Mixon, once again, a polarizing character. Seems to be polarizing every single year uh, that he is being drafted. Right now he's going at the end of the first round. Stu, your uh, your thoughts on Joe Mixon in, uh, in redraft leagues this year? I am Team Mixon. If he's available for me in that late first, early second, I'm snagging him. He had some issues with uh, his offensive line being pretty terrible last year, but they addressed that in the draft. They're going to get Jonah Williams back, uh, the top ten pick last year that didn't play at all because of injury. Uh, They get Joe Burrow in there, an upgrade over Dalton, a healthy A.J. Green. Dave, what's the over-under on A.J. Green games played this year? Uh, For me personally, six and a half. I was going to – Literally was going to say six and a half. All right. Uh, so we are dialed are we in. Betting? Are we, we can't because we both were going to say oh, the man. same thing. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, to be a gentleman, I would take the over on six and a half. <laughs> or was that a joke? No, I mean, it's, I'll just. I'll take the okay. under if you want. I'll take the over. No, let's just keep the interview going. Okay, we'll keep the interview going. And, and, uh, six and a half is pretty unrealistically low. I know that's kind of bullshit. I, th- I thought he was going to play in all of them last year. He played in none of them. Yeah, so who well. knows? Uh, and by the way, he's a year older now. Dave. Um, we we want to get to um, Genesis analysis uh, in a second here. Before uh, we get to that, ask Stu our, our favorite question. Yeah, this is generally our final question, but now it's the penultimate question. Penultimate question, uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, who's a player that you'll be looking at avoiding the early rounds this year and a player you'll be targeting the middle rounds of redraft leagues? So for redraft, uh, basically, you guys started the – 
the podcast talking about rookies being overvalued in redraft. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I love him for Dynasty, but in redraft at his ADP, which I think was about 2.7, I'm not going that early. There's too many other quality veterans available at that position. Uh, In the Genesis draft, uh, Beast got him at 3.4. He went 2.2 in Apocalypse and 2.12 in Revelations. You know, again, Genesis sets the ADP. <laughs> so true. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, what, what about, uh, Stu, a, a sleeper that, that you like in the mid-rounds? Well, in the mid-rounds, I'm targeting is Sterling Shepard. Uh, I can get him at around 13. Um, he was wide receiver 48 um, in FFPC scoring last year. But if he stays healthy, another year with Daniel Jones can only help. I expect him to improve upon that. And so I'm kind of investing him if I need a receiver um, for some depth in those later rounds. So I'm, I'm snagging some Sterling Shepard. All right, so here's what we're going to do here, Stu. You, the, the 26ers, this is by request. The, the 26ers had asked us uh, our opinions on who did the best in, in the Genesis draft. And I'm going to go first here to, to give my uh, analysis. Now, I, I think there's some delineation here when, it, when I went through this. There were three teams I really didn't like. Uh, there were five teams that I thought were all right and, and are going to be competitive. But to me, there are four teams in here that really set themselves apart. And those teams were Todd Burroughs at Todd from PA, who was drafted from the 11th spot. I really like to say that. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, okay, so you know Todd was drafting 11. That's All right. That's fine. I'm not, I'll, I'll try not to listen. No, you, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say the names at the end. I'll just tell you the team. Or should I not mention the I teams just, I like? I don't care. Just go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry I interrupted. You. That's all right. Uh, so Team 11, I really liked. That was one of my favorites. I also like Team 10. Um, that was another one of my favorites. So at the back end of the draft, I did like uh, Team Number 8 as well. And then, and Dave is going to fry me for this. But one of the teams I really think was, was one of my top four, and I don't know in any particular order, but one of my top four teams, Stu, was yours. I, I really like the fact that you got these, the, the, the three-headed monster at running back with McCaffrey, Gurley, and Carson. You get those two top, maybe top five tight ends on your team. And then, it, to me, what cinched it was getting Lockett, Samuel, Edelman, and Marvin Jones as your top four receivers. You build up that receiver depth. Uh, after not wait, or after, excuse me, after waiting until the sixth round to take a receiver, so I really like that. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. You already mentioned Sterling Shepard, uh, so I really like that. And, and then you still got Bonifon as as the essentially the McCaffrey handcuff at the end. But that was, I would say, though those four teams, and I'll reveal the other two um, who they were after Dave is, has made his choices, his top team. But um, but those are the four. So so congratulations, my friend. Or I'm sorry because you either got the stamp of approval from Balky or the Balky kiss of death. I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> All Woo-hoo. right. So yeah, very <laughs> yeah. nice. You know what? I'm just going to eliminate. No offense to you. I'm going to actually just eliminate your team. So I because you're on you're on the air. So I'm not going to even pretend to kiss. <laughs> The anti bulky you, know, you know what I mean? It's like you're being interviewed, so it's like, it's kind of like you know, out of the other eleven teams, I like team five and twelve. Okay, so you now, like, that's by the way, that's looking at this on a laser printer 
where I can't, I can barely discern the differences between these <laughs> colors, like shades of color. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I've looked at it for about 90 seconds. So okay. Well, okay. So Dave likes, that was Brent Studebaker who was drafting fifth and then Kaz in the North. That's Brad Kazuma uh, who is picking 12th, uh, who actually was in the, the chat room earlier. I think he's still in there. Um, and then the other ones I like besides Todd and Stu's was Jake Valish and Clint Ostermillers. And then, um, uh, Bip Lab Mandel, his team number eight. So those, if you're looking, See, number, I like number nine a bit too. I guess I'm still searching around. Rob Marshall, fantasy dum dums, defending yeah. champ, not yeah, a bad guy to like. Yeah, I think I like that one too a bit. He, I he, guess. That was one of them that was in the middle for me. That I, okay. I, 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 it was borderline right. between sure. top four. All right, Stu, listen, man. Stu, you had a very nice team. Yes, you do, and and you also had a very nice interview tonight, which we certainly appreciated you carving out some time tonight to step away from your drafts and and uh and rap with us about fantasy football good luck in genesis all your gen uh all your dynasty uh rookie drafts and all your other drafts this summer man this was fun uh we appreciate the the 26ers allowing you to come on board and, and uh and chat and we'll talk again soon man perfect thank you both very much Thanks, Stuart. Stu Keen, thank you very much. It is uh, at Stuart Keen on Twitter, FFPC, 250 Dynasty, number 26, 3.0, defending champ. And we'll see if he can win Genesis this year. I think he's got as good a shot uh, as any. Uh, so uh, thanks to him for his, popping on. His, you know, his wide receivers really turned, you know, as, now that he's off the air, I actually do like his team quite a bit. <laughs> so, I, you know, what's so funny. is like, I, I didn't really want to, you know. <laughs> But his receivers are good. This is the yin and the yang because I always praise everybody when they're on the air. Once they get off, then you praise them. No, I think you know Todd Gurley three hundred one. That's that's a solid. Pick. We talked about that being yeah. a nice value, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And as much as we we we're not really sure what you're going to get with Chris Carson at the end of the fourth round, man. I mean, why not at that point? It makes a lot of sense. I just I think this team came together in round six through nine to to have that core of running backs and tight ends, and then get those receivers. Good on you, Stu Keen. I think I misunderstood. I thought you had three tight ends in the first five rounds, but it was only two. Two. Yeah, That's three running even, backs, two tight ends. Not even bad. I mean, That's I, even better, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not even like a thing. It's not even like unusual, really. Uh, that's true. That's very true. All right, so let's get into uh, some emails tonight, last 10 minutes of the show. Um, and this is something that was being talked about in the chat room, and I knew as soon as the NFL schedule came out, uh, we were going to get a slew of emails about this. This is from Jeremy in Manhattan. Hey, guys. No, no, we're not altering the schedule to change the championship round of, of the – oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's not, not – I think people know that we're not oh, changing okay. that. But uh, he, he writes, hey, guys, now that the schedule is out, would you guys recommend going away from McCaffrey since he will be on bye during league championships in the FFPC? Jeremy in Manhattan, thank Only you if for you're in my know. league and I pick two. Right, so, <laughs> so this is the thing. Um, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter last night and today about Barkley versus McCaffrey. And then all of a sudden, all these people were defending Barkley as the choice, like, regardless of bye weeks. Like, he's just the better player than McCaffrey, which I really didn't understand. Um, but I – listen, regardless and, – and I'll tell you this. When I get to Kentucky this year, um, I probably will end up with a lot of number one picks because, you, you know, you buy your slot there or whatever. I, I, people tend to not pay a lot for the one. They always want to draft at the back end because of the 3RR. Anyway, I'm taking McCaffrey – in all of them over Barkley. And, and to me, it's not much of a decision regardless of the league championship. Yeah. I mean, it could, it's, it's like when you're playing poker, you make a decision with the best information in front of you. I think that based on history, based on everything we know, McCaffrey is the pick. And if it turns out that it's incorrect due to injury or, you know, Barkley could just outperform him. McCaffrey could have an off year, new coaches and whatever. I still think it's the right decision given everything we know at the time. There's the odds of him outperforming Barkley and everyone else are, are good. I mean, 
it's probably less than 50% though that he finishes as, as the RB one. Just that's just how the nature of the of the beast. Mm-hmm. But he probably he does have the best chance in my opinion of finishing that spot. Um, how many running backs? I'm putting you on the spot here. How many running backs, Dave? Do you think have? Yeah, that's a bad way to phrase it. Who's on the short list for finishing as the RB one this year besides McCaffrey and Barkley? Who else could you see doing it? I guess Elliott would have to be up there. Sure. Kamara? Probably not, but he could. Okay. And who am I forgetting in the top five? Oh, Dalvin Cook. Oh, yeah, he could. Okay. All right. Um, And the other thing to keep in mind, and we say this every year too, and I think you've said this, is, you know, you're going to have 12 weeks to figure out another running back to start in McCaffrey's place in, in week 13. If, that, you, if you get there, which he if, will help you get there because he'll be playing all 11. Exactly. So it's not like this is coming out of nowhere. You're going to be able to cultivate your roster and make sure you're loaded. Uh, and, and who's to say that Barkley's even healthy for week 13 or whoever you picked there? And it, it, a lot goes into it. So uh, I, I'm totally taking McCaffrey. I, I think, like you said, using the, all the information we have right now, it's the best choice. Kyle in Kansas City. So the one thing that is irritating is, though, is when people do, like, they, they get the number one pick, then they take McCaffrey. Then they get them all 11 weeks of the regular season. And then they win in the playoffs because they have them, you know, they week 12. And then they still complain. It's like you knew all this stuff going in, and you got all these benefits. Right. And you still had the choice to not draft them, and then you did. And then I'm heading into week 13. Ugh, I'm going to bench McCaffrey. Yeah. And guess what? Everybody else had a bye week, you know? Yeah, you, you will have McCaffrey for the – you will have your first-round pick, health permitting, for the entire regular season. Yeah. Something the other 11 owners in your league, well, probably 11 other owners in your league will not be able to say. Right. You know, so there's something so, to be said for that. Don't whine. <laughs> Kyle in Kansas City, where does the value lie in the Tampa ground game this season in your drafts right now? In avoiding Thanks. it. <laughs> Thanks so much. okay, so that, that is an answer, Dave. It is um, an answer. Ronald Jones, uh, as far as his ADP, uh, 812 right now. Now, the other guy that it's they. It's actually not a bad price for Rojo. Right. And the other guy they drafted, Keyshawn Vaughn, 606. I'll tell you who I'm on board at those two ADPs. I, I can't believe that he would go that much ahead of Ronald Jones. I would take Ronald Jones. It's rookie-itis, and I totally agree. Um, in fact, I was listening to um, Matt Waldman and Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys, one of our good partners uh, in, with the FFPC, and, and they said that, uh, you know, they're, they're, not, they're unconvinced that Keyshawn Vaughn is, is um, doing, I, th- I think that's what they're saying. They're unconvinced that he does anything that much better than Ronald Jones. And Jones is not going to be a rookie. You know, Jones is going to have the experience. Vaughn is going to be the one who has to adjust and carve his role. Yeah, and there's a chance that Vaughn outperforms Rojo. I just think it's so unlikely with probably these reduced camps. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, and the eighth round makes a lot of sense. All right, moving on to, ooh, this is a guy we mentioned earlier in the show, Charlie in Hale Center, Texas. In non-dynasty leagues, would you label Devin DuVernay as a good late-round target, or is he still a year away? Devin DuVernay, Dave, out of Texas, is currently going at the 1705. You know, in, in redraft leagues, I would consider him because of just the way, it, if you think about the team, they have Andrews, they lost, they are to Hurst, Marquise Brown is like, to me, again, I could be totally wrong. He's clearly going to be like another Deshaun Jackson type of total hit or miss player. Maybe he could become Tyree Kill, where he's actually an integral part of the offense getting lots of targets. That's his upside. His downside, though, is like a D-Jax and not, not prime career D-Jax. Uh, so who are, who are you targeting? I mean, who are they throwing to? I mean, 
Duvernay, they're talking about him actually getting playing time right away. He's a pretty solid. I mean, he's he's been liked by a lot of people. Like again, Waldman liked him. I know the um, the college football metrics guy, RC Fisher, likes him. I'm trying to think of other people. Well, he's very productive. His, his combine numbers, if I recall correctly, were quite outstanding. His you know 40 time was great. Very productive. Go ahead. Miles Boykin, Chris Moore, Willie Sneed, Jaleel Scott. Those are the other guys on Baltimore's receiving yeah, it's, court. It's, it's dire. It's really bad. I mean, they did draft James Prochet much later in the draft. I'll tell you one other person who likes Devin Duvernay, Dave. Um, this week's guest in the road of his high-stakes lowdown, Lou Ditta. Normally, I don't give away this information. you got to listen to it. Now, you don't have wow. to listen to it for this. He Good likes nugget. Devin Duvernay as one of his rookie sleepers this year um, as far as Dynasty League, but he did like him for redraft as well. And um, I, I guess the I, I read a report that when Duvernay got the phone call that, that he was going to be a Raven, that one of the first things he asked was, when can I get the playbook and get started? Like, he's he's ready to go. That's awesome. Um, I and, drafted him in one league this year so far. I, I'd like to grab him, and, I, and I've been saying this. I said it the last couple months. He would, would have, I have to say it this way now, he would have looked great in a Green Bay Packers uniform catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. But alas... It was not meant to be. All right, so final email tonight that we're going to get to. This is from Chris in Comfrey, Minnesota. Dear John and Peyton, with all the weapons Denver added this offseason, why isn't Drew Locke being selected higher in football guys' drafts right now? Uh, the Broncos already had Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, and Cortland Sutton. They add Melvin Gordon. They add uh, K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy, and then Albert O. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. And yet Drew Locke, Dave, is going in a football guy's draft as the QB 20 in the 17th round. Too low, just right? God, QB 20, that actually seems a little bit high. Really? <laughs> With all those weapons? Quarterbacks are so deep, though. He's going, a lot of those weapons are so, incredibly unproven. That, that is true. They are very young and inexperienced. Judy barely hasn't played. The, you know, Albert's a rookie. Hamler's Bams a rookie. A second-year guy. Hamler's a rookie. Sutton, what is he? Is he a second? No, he's a third-year third guy. Yeah. And then you have John Elway, whose history of drafting quarterbacks is not just atrocious. It's like they make the Patriots drafting receivers look outstanding. Paxton Lynch. He's the worst. <laughs> he, can't, he can't pick the veterans with one eyebrow. He can't pick Paxton Lynch. I mean, he's terrible. Drew Locke did look good in limited uh, good, action yeah. last so, year. I don't know, 20. There's some guys that are down in that, that range that I would probably draft over a lot. He's going right behind Roethlisberger and Goff. He is going ahead of Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oof. Uh, Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins. Uh, okay, where's, Bridge, where's Bridgewater? That was the next guy I was going to say. Bridgewater is going a round and a half after Drew yeah, Locke. Talk about weapons. Bridgewater's got a, you know, just a ton of weapons. He's got CMC. I mean, he, he's got DJ Moore. He's got Curtis Samuel. He's got Robbie Anderson. Who do they got a tight end now? Who's uh, Ian Thomas? Ian Thomas. Which, yep. I mean, he's emerging. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Drew Locke or Tyrod Taylor? Locke. Drew Locke. Taylor, Taylor has to worry about keeping his job. You know, it's possibly losing. Ah, uh, yeah, that's. I forgot about that. That's a good point. Um, okay, last one. <laughs> Drew Locke or Philip Rivers? I'll take Rivers. Rivers is a veteran. Yeah, sixteen-year I mean, guy that we had on the 2008 championship team. Did you hear the news with Rivers? He's he's. Um, oh, I did. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, he's he's taking a job as a high school football coach in uh, at at some school in Alabama. Yes, so, so like a Catholic or a Christian. Yeah, I, I, yes. And um, I guess the AD is going to coach the team until Rivers is ready to retire. Oh, that, I was actually there. wondering about that. I was wondering if he was Wally Pipping some guy or a, yeah. you know, some poor staff who's been there for 30 years. But that's cool. Yeah, that, that is AD. cool. Yeah. And, so, and, and you know what else I found out today is the Colts were actually – excuse me, Brady was actually 
he contacted the Colts about potentially coming aboard there. The Colts weren't interested in because they specifically were looking for a one-year bridge guy, which is why they gave Rivers $25 million this year and weren't willing to soak multiple years into Brady. Huh. Um, but they also, I guess there's rumors that they didn't know if Brady's interest was real, that this might just be another way for the Patriots to get another one in on the Colts after the McDaniels thing and the, the deflate gate that he was just trying to get the would, Patriots to drive up, get their interest driven up. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So who knows with that? Uh, what a tangled web we weave and what a show it was tonight. Talking fantasy football for one hour again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Stu Keen, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course uh, each and every one of you, Dave Gerzak as well. We are live next Friday. 10-9 Central, same bad time, same bad channel. It is going to be 12:50 Dynasty League number 10 champion Cal Zarin is going to be our guest. Very excited to talk to him. Check out the Football Guys Early Bird, the FFPC main event Early Bird, and, of course, all those best ball Dynasty startups uh, going on at myffpc.com. Uh, there's a midnight draft for football guys. I'm not sure how close we are to that, so hop in there if you can. I'll be commissioning, and we could talk fantasy football there. Thanks for listening, everybody, and, of course, your weekend starts now. This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way, yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack, my girls are like boomerangs, no matter how far I throw them, they come back, I'm coming straight out to NYC, I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm in I got a letter from my daughter's preschool this week, Manila Envelope, and the top of it says, this is for dads only. And it's a project in there for the kids to create for their mother for Mother's Day, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, my son, that's for my daughter. My son already has this whole breakfast in bed thing planned for. I don't know what to get my wife for Mother's Day. Can, do you have any ideas? <laughs> no. Because, yeah, I, I know. I'm running out of time. This one got away from me. Um, begonia. <laughs> is that a flower? Is that a flower? I'm just, that's something I would get my mom. See, like, and I told her, I'm like, well, why don't I just, we'll wake, you know, after breakfast in bed, me and the kids will just take off. We'll, we'll go on a walk. We'll go to a park. We'll, we'll go somewhere, you know, yeah. just to, and she's like, well, no, I want to spend time with the kids when every day I get home and she's like, I, I can't take your children anymore, yeah. you know? So I don't, I don't know what she, she wants, wants to. Yeah. She, does, she doesn't want to be with them, but this she doesn't want time. to miss them. You know? This is the one time she wants to spend time with them. Yeah. I don't know what, she, I don't know what to do, I would suggest for yeah, you. That's all right. I didn't, I didn't expect I got, you to. I got Kathy a whoop. A whoop? The, the whoop strap. What is that? Is that like a the, wearable? The, yeah. The like thing, a Fitbit thing? Yeah, except it's cooler. What, what does it do? Is We've talked like a, about this in the past. This is a sleep measuring thing and everything like that? Yeah, sleep, fitness, heart rate, heart rate variability, da 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 so, some pro athletes were. Yeah. I, I got Jen a Fitbit a couple of years ago, and she took it very personally. So I'm going to stay away from that. That's yeah, probably not the best. But <laughs> Kathy wanted it. Oh, so. see, that's perfect. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry for this, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>